0: To the feed you podcast giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights expert education inspiration and motivation to fuel your purpose your passion and your profits here's your host alisa connor hello hello. welcome to the show i'm so grateful you're here today we are talking about why targeting your messaging and your marketing is going to help you get clients faster. So many people struggle with this. They think that they can go far and wide with their messaging and that they're just gonna miraculously wake up one day and start selling their products, their courses and their online programs. And then they're severely disappointed because all of a sudden their cash register isn't ringing. No, one's listening to them. And they're being drowned out by a bunch of noise on the internet. And so I wanted to talk specifically to my second act entrepreneurs, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, um, about why it is so important to narrow your niche and to, um, avoid the, the struggle (laughs) of not doing this. There's so many people that I talk to and that I work with that they, um, want to avoid niching down and narrowing their target market to the point where they're just like, Nope, I'm going to do it this way. And I'm like, all right, well we can try it that way. But then when it doesn't work, they're like, Oh, I should have listened to you. And so I want to save you some time and some energy and some frustration by helping you figure out how to narrow that niche. And also, um, the benefits of narrowing in that niche. So I alluded to second act entrepreneurs, and this is a term that I came up with to describe people who have had a full on career, either in corporate or some other professional capacity that are now like, Hey, now I did my time. I did my duty. I have the experience. I have the, um, the education, And I want to take those skills that I've accumulated and have bigger impact and help the next generation. And so that's really who I work with. And that's who this podcast is intended for is those people that have done the grit, done the, um, dug their heels in and done what it took to build a a really successful career and are now ready to take on the, the second chapter of their life. So they're not done yet. They still got, um, some impact to create and some things to do before they take the big exodus off the planet. So if you're one of those people, typically it's gen X or older. Um, I am so grateful you're here and I am here to help you walk through the marketing capacity, uh, the marketing plan for your upcoming entrepreneurial journey. So without further ado, let's talk about niching. And maybe this is the first time you've heard of niching or narrowing down your target market, or maybe you haven't even heard of target market but where I see people go wrong. And, um, when I say wrong, I don't mean that you're, you're doing it wrong because you don't, you you don't know what you're doing is what it amounts to is you don't understand the marketing thought process behind why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and so a lot of times I will work with second act entrepreneurs and they're diving in and they want to serve everybody. And they're like, Nope, I need to serve all the people. And I've had multiple conversations just in the last couple of weeks with people, um, in either a client or other capacity, in fact, I, um, I was invited out on a luncheon with my mom and some of her friends and one of her friends I've known my whole life, she was turning 75 and, we had a surprise luncheon for her, for her birthday. And at that luncheon, I was across the table from another, uh, lady who was a neighbor of theirs who I had actually never met before. But, um, she asked me, she said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I run a marketing company and what I do is I help people take their experience and their, um, expertise and, create an online program out of that so that they can reach more people, they can have more impact. And she goes, well, what does that mean? And so I said, well, tell me about your daughter. Cause she was telling me her daughter had a a fitness and um, kind of, I don't health whole health system that she did with people in a one-on-one situation. I said, well, a lot of times people, they run out of time in a day and they want to be able to help more people, but there's only so many hours that they can work with people one-on-one. And I said, so what I do is I help them take what's already working with their clients and we turn it into an online program so that they can have two, three, five, ten, twenty 10, 20 people doing the same program, the same process that they do with their one-on-one clients in an online program. And so she was really excited about that. I said, and when it really hit big, was during COVID when nobody could leave their houses. And so now you've got this influx of people that are online. And I said, what's really important is that she needs to figure out a way, to stand out from all the other people that have those online fitness or online programs. And there are definitely different industries that are struggling with this and struggling to move online in a fluid way. Um, and I would say health and fitness is either you're, you're doing really well and you've acclimated really well, or you're 100% struggling. And I've worked with both. So, um, anyway, the reason that we're bringing up that is that because, I told her if she really wanted to get traction with an online program that she needed to niche down and talk specifically to a very specific audience. In fact, a specific person, because when you're afraid to narrow down your niche and you're trying to serve everyone, you will not attract anyone because you're just blending in with all of the other noise. In fact, it's getting so competitive online. Um, that the way to a quicker conversation and a quicker transaction is to have a very targeted conversation, almost one-to-one conversation with people, um, before they even realize it. In fact, the conversation you're having isn't even with their conscious self it's with their subconscious because they're going to tune in and hear what you're saying and go, Hey, wait, that's me. And so one of the ahas I had during a uh, client call this week or in the last month, I guess, was that I made the statement, you need to market wide. So go out to a wide audience of people, but you need to create messaging that is very narrow and specific. And so when I say that, um, I'm saying you are talking to one specific person. When you have that conversation with one person, it's not just going to apply to that one person. It's going to apply to all of the people that are exactly like that one person with where they're at with their problem and where they've been struggling to find a solution and where, um, they've looked for help, but haven't found it because when you're inundated with information, constantly negative, positive, or whatever, at some point, you're just like, I don't, I either don't have time to sort through all of this information or nobody's speaking to me in a way that makes sense. And so I'm just not going to listen to any of them. And so a great example of this is the weight loss industry. Um, all you have to do is turn on the TV. Like I don't watch a lot of TV. And we had, um, the, the plague (laughs) come through our house in the last two weeks, literally all of us were sick. And so I probably watched more TV in the last two weeks than I have in the entire year. And I turned on like regular TV and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's so many commercials. And if you're watching something like, um, AMC or hallmark, or there was another one that we, that we were watching, but anyway, um, they're almost all like health or fitness or weight loss related. And I was just like, geez, these people are like one, they're targeted, but they're all saying the same thing just in a different way. And so when you look at the weight loss industry, the people that get traction are the people that say something a little bit differently. And one of the most impressive commercials that I've seen recently, that talks about this that is more in tune with who people are becoming is, um, and even like who they want to be related as is one is Peloton, where they're talking about how you're creating a community online with your online fitness. And they like really tune into that community aspect versus the whole, like working out to get in shape and kind of thing that most people talk about. And then, um, there was another one, I think, I don't know if it was Nordic track, but I think it was Nordic track and they were trying to kind of mimic, what Peloton was doing, but they weren't doing it quite as well. And so the Peloton people had it specific. Like they're like, we already know you work out. We know that you like to ride your bike and you, um, you're using the app or you want to use the app, but really what sells Peloton is the community and sort of the lifestyle of being a Peloton owner, um, or a Peloton participant. And so that's really what they focused on and they've targeted their marketing around that. So go and check out that ad to get a really, um, good idea of how that can be done. In fact, I'll link it in the show notes um, that you can find for this episode at elisaconnor.com. Just either go to podcast or to uh, ACC TV and I'll have it linked in both of those spots. So how do you narrow your messaging and, and why do you want to narrow your messaging? Well, one, when you start to narrow your messaging, people will, um, assimilate with what you're saying because you're starting to talk to them on a level that is, uh, a conversational level. So you're starting to create a conversation and create connection, just like that Peloton ad I just talked about. People are craving, especially now connection because we've been isolated from each other for, somewhere between 16 and 20 months, almost two years because of COVID. And so people are craving connection and they're starting to want to get out there. And there's this kind of go out, pull back, go out, pull back because we don't really know what's happening with COVID. And so when you can create online connection and connection through your social media posts and through the content you're creating and through your ads and through all of the different things that you're doing to promote your business and create those conversations by talking to a specific individual, their little ears are going to perk up and they're going to pay attention. Whereas if you just say all entrepreneurs in the world that want to learn how to make money, everyone's saying that here's the three things you need to do to make money. And usually it's not the three things you need to know. Side note, but if you are really specific, like former corporate entrepreneurs or corporate, um, uh, managers in the it world who, have had a full on career and are now ready to take their it skills and go out and do their own things so that they can have more impact, get their freedom back, uh, make some money and have a second act to their life. That is a very specific audience. Um, when you're talking to second act entrepreneurs, you're, you can get into their, their head, their conversations, their likes, their dislikes, and you get really specific. So that's one of the reasons I say I talk to the gen X generation, because most of the people I work with and myself are from Gen X. So I can put things out there that people relate to, whether it's music or movies or, um, lifestyle, or the things, the changes you're going through as your kids are growing, or they're, you're becoming an empty empty nester. I know a lot about that generation because I am well in sync with that generation. So, whereas you have a lot of people that are like, Hey, all boss babes. Well, that could be anybody. Like <laughs> that could be any industry, any, uh, business, it could be just anybody out there. And so that's in the entrepreneurial world or even not in the entrepreneurial world. And so it just becomes this very intangible, uh, message that people will either just flip through or ignore. And so when you get really clear on your messaging and you start to narrow it down and you start to really identify who it is you're talking to and you kind of get in their heads, that's when people start to pay attention. And that's what I'm really, encouraging you to think about with your messaging. And so, um, just to reiterate that, like the one thing I want, if come back to me, if you've been multitasking, um, the one thing I want you to take away from that point is go ahead and target your marketing wide. Like if you're running Facebook ads, create a big old audience of people that you think, um, would be ideal target market. But then when you're creating the messaging for that advertisement, get really, really specific, start to get into the conversation mode and into the details that you know about the people that you want to work with and put those details in your ad copy. Um, because that's what's going to help you narrow down and identify the people that are actually going to be a good fit for you and for your programs. And then, um, I alluded to the, to the second point that I wanted to talk about is that people will start to self-identify, and say, Hey, that's me, when they start to read that really specific copy, or hear you speaking that really specific copy, or describing um, who they are, they're going to be like, Hey, that is me. How do they know that and you're going to you know, you may take a couple times to get in front of them, for them to actually, you know, want to take the next step in your funnel. But the more that you say that the more that their subconscious is going to kick in and go, Hey, she's saying that thing again, wait a minute, that totally makes sense to me. And so when I talk about second act entrepreneurs, which is really the people that I want to work with, those people that are ready to have a bigger impact, the people that have had a successful career and they just, they want more, they want to leave their mark on the world and they want to be able to say, Hey, yeah, I had a career, but that was just the first part of what I did. Now I'm ready to really, kick things, uh, into high gear and, um, take names and well, try trying, trying to think of the saying kick ass and take names, I think is what it is. But, um, that's, you know, that's where they're at. They have the education, they have the experience, they are lifelong learners. And they they see that there are people out there that are really struggling with things that they can help with. And so another example is that, um, I have some family and friends that are in the uh, construction industry. And I don't know if you know anything about the construction industry, but it's kind of a giant hot mess that's about ready to explode. Um, so we've had generation after generation after generation of go to college, go to college, go to college, and nobody has been going into the trades. And so the trades are what creates all of the actual labor behind all of the architects, the mechanical engineering, all of the engineering fields, all of that stuff. The trades are the people that build that out. And so they are the average age of a construction worker or somebody in the trades right now is 50 years old. And they are having a heck of a time trying to attract people into that, um, career because they, um, just everybody's programmed to go to college. That's really what it comes down to. And so when I was talking with these people that are in the construction industry and they're higher up, they're project managers, they're, you know, um, the interface for most of these companies, because they've been there for 20, 30 years. And what they will say is that you have these brand spanking new engineers that come out of college and they're, you know, peppy and they're excited. And they are one hot mess. They do not know how to manage a project. Every project is behind it's over schedule it's over budget. And they don't even have anybody to ask because everybody is so stretched thin in that industry don't have time to train them. And so here's this lifelong experience of managing projects and accumulating skills and knowing the best ways to, uh, create communication between all of the different departments and different companies and different contractors, as well as creating, um, you know, a timeline and a project milestones and all of these things that should be second nature to anybody that's in that industry, but it's not cause it's not taught in school and the companies don't have time to teach it. And so I said, here's an education gap for somebody that's in that industry that can go in and say, Hey, I've been doing this for 30 years and I put down my process and now I'm going to go ahead and put it out to people. And so if you speak to the pain of those people that are like, yeah, all, and it always comes down to time and money. And so, um, when I was having this conversation, I said, they're like, Oh, I don't know how to sell it to people. I'm like, can, can you come up with 50 people right now that you work with on a daily basis that are struggling with this? And they're like, Oh yeah. I'm like, there's your audience. And so people will start to self identify with that. And sometimes you really have to dig deep into who your actual client is. And so in this case, in the case of that project management or construction world, the client isn't necessarily the engineer, the brand new engineer. It's that person's boss who's seeing all the delays in the schedule projects, not getting done, costing more hours, all of those things. And if you go to them and say, Hey, I can help you alleviate that within a nine month period. That's who you speak to. You speak to their pain. You speak to their problems. You speak to the people that, and you know, how it's surfacing in their world and you start to talk to them at a level with like, yeah, I understand. I'm on the other end of it, but I have a solution. Then they're going to be like, wait a minute, tell me more. And so that's really what I want you to think about is like when you're identifying with a specific audience, get into their pain, get into their perspective, see things from their eyes and then create your marketing because you're going to have a lot more success and you're going to have a lot more impact with them. And you're going to cut through the noise, which is really, really important. And then the third piece of this equation is, so you've identified them, you started to have that conversation and you've opened up the door to possibility and the opportunity that you could help them is that when they self-identify and they recognize themselves in your marketing message, then they start to have an emotional connection because they're like, wait a minute, they get me like, I like this. I like that. Somebody understands me. They understand my pain and they understand where I'm coming from. They understand why I'm so stressed out. They understand why like every day is a nightmare and I don't want to go to work anymore. They get it. And I, I want to know more about them because they spent the time to get to know about me. And I don't have an exact percentage, but a great, great percentage of purchases are not made off of fact. They are made off of emotions. So when you create that emotional connection with people and I, I want to say it's somewhere up between 80 and 90% of all purchasing decisions are made on emotion. Um, when you connect on that emotional level, it not only creates, uh, the opportunity for that initial purchase, but if you continue to nurture that conversation and nurture that customer, they will become a lifelong buyer. And so I think a lot of companies and a lot of entrepreneurs don't pay attention to the long-term relationship and what you can continue to offer people as they go through a program with you. And so I just had a conversation with a client of mine today. Um, we had a consulting call this morning and we were having this conversation and he has a program where he is putting people into a signature, kind of mastermind program around, um, self-help and psychology. And he's a trained therapist. He's done this for years and years. And he, and part of his program is to have some one-on-one time with him as a therapist, but also to have some group, um, coaching the, in, in the program. And I said, so, you know, what happens at the end of the six months when they get done with the program? And he's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. And I was like, well, do you think they're everybody's going to be cured? at the end of the six months. And he goes, no. And I said, so I want you to think about like, what would be the next step? And I said, could it be additional group coaching? Could it be, um, you know, not everyone's going to go into a one-on-one model. And I know like for him specifically, because he is looking at, you know, what are the next five, 10, 15 years for me going to be like, I want to retire. I want to spend time with my grandchild, you know, all these different things. I'm like, do you want to be tied? to one-on-one sessions with people keeping you from traveling and doing all the things that you told me you wanted to do. And he's like, Oh, no, I really don't want to do that. I said, well, then that narrows it down. You probably need to create an ongoing coaching group coaching, um, session for people post the signature program. And he's like, Oh, well, would I charge for that? I'm like, absolutely. You would charge for that. But that's what I mean is you're continuing that purchasing, um, model with those people that have already invested with you because it's much easier to keep people invested once they've already invested in an initial program to keep buying from you than it is to go out and get, get, new customers. So just to wrap up, what we've talked about today is, you know, if you are diving into the entrepreneurial journey or you have dove in and you're creating messaging, um, and you're trying to market your, your programs or your, um, online course, as a second act entrepreneur, and you're really struggling with that, I want you to think about niching down. And I mean, really specifically niching. So the points I talked about were narrowing your message so that you're creating conversation, um, getting people to self identify with your message so that they're nodding their heads and going, yes, that's me. Wait a minute. I want to know more. And then the third piece is to create an emotional connection through that self identification. So, go and narrow down your niche, come back and leave a comment and tell me what your niche is, because I would love to know. And, um, let's get some feedback from each other. Let's, let's see, uh, you know, narrow it down. And then sometimes we think it's super, super narrow. And then we're like, Oh wait, people say, I don't know what that is or that's not narrow enough or whatever it might be. And so leave a comment below and, um, we can help you work it out and get it even more refined because a lot of times getting an outside perspective is really, uh, going to give you kind of an aha moment about where you are with your, uh, niche and narrowing down your market. So thanks so much for tuning in this week. It's been so great to reconnect with you and tune in again next week for another episode. In the meantime, be well and take care. See you soon. If you're like most entrepreneurs, you know, you should be on social media but they keep changing the dang rules for Pete's sake. Every day there's a new algorithm change. There's when you should post, when you should not post, what you should post. Should you do video? Should you do Insta stories? Should you do this? Ah, It's enough to make anybody crazy. And the worst part of all is that even if you're showing up and you have a huge audience on one of these platforms, you don't own any information about them. So when they change the rules and you know, they do, you are at their mercy. Well, what if instead you could own your audience? What if you had the power to show up in front of them, share what you want to share on your own timeframe? Well, you can in my new upcoming training, own your audience. You're going to learn how to stop being at the mercy of social media moguls. Yes. Social media is a great tool, but when you put all of your eggs in their basket, it's like renting an apartment with a horrible landlord who keeps changing the rent. You deserve better. You deserve to control and get in touch with your people on your terms in the own, your audience training. You're going to learn the five step proven system that I've used with my clients for the last 20 years, that gets you in front of your audience, builds conversations, builds connections, and best of yet helps you sell your stuff because if you're not selling anything, it's really hard to stay in business. So join me for this free live training coming up. It is so easy for you to join and come and be part of this live training by going to alisaconnor.com forward slash own your audience. If you're tired of fretting about the next social media change and you're sick of being at the mercy of what to do, when to post, how to post, where to be, and you just want some sanity with your marketing, join me for this upcoming live training at alisaconner.com forward slash own your audience. And I look forward to seeing you inside.